And ironically, I have actually uh, been, in, been in contact with quite a number of people over in San Francisco um, who have been pushing the, 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 the crypto talk, um, or at least they're trying to get crypto into the mainstream in, in quite a big way. Now, I haven't read your book. I'm really interested to find out what it's about. But, um, you know, to, to give you some idea, I spent some time with a, with a chap who you probably know, a guy called Tim Draper, um, you know, who still walks around with, uh, with a Bitcoin tie. Uh, we met him at Draper University and he's got uh, what must be a, I don't know, 25, 30 meter wall, um, you know, on the, on the side of his building that's got like him as Superman with, with Bitcoin coming out of his chest and everything. <laughs> <laughs> really interesting guy really interesting guy one of the one of the first billionaires i got to hang out with um but um yeah so he was he was he was talking to us about Chris crypto and in particular what caught my attention was um you know his his great mission when it came to uh, a cryptocurrency was that he wanted people to start using it as as a normal currency in normal everyday sort of walks of life um and <clears throat> He was actually investing in franchise concepts, um, specifically because they would uh, they would actually um, accept Bitcoin. And I met a I met a chap in uh, in San Francisco. We were to, it's quite a quite a, um, a a decent well an awesome book launch actually um, in in San Francisco. Um, guy called Matthew Lemerle, and he's one of the him and his wife are are, are you know fairly fairly high up in the blockchain sort of talks. I think Matthew's probably done about three or four. I've got a couple of his books here actually um, on, on blockchain. This was the, I think this was the one that was launching blockchain, the competitive advantage. Um, you know, but uh, at, that, at that party, I met a, a chap who had been invested in by, by Tim Draper um, and they were starting a boxing uh, fitness gym. Um, and the only reason he, he invested was because these guys would accept crypto as a, as a currency, and, um, and 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 probably about three days ago, I actually met another chap who's who's busy franchising, um, and they are effectively franchising an ATM for 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 crypto um, across the state. So you can put your card in, do whatever you have to do, whether it's on your on your 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 wallet or you know turning it into real money or you know normal money, money I guess. Um, you know, so it's been a very very interesting thing, and I'd quite like to get your input into how this might. Um, eventually play out in the in the the normal kind of day-to-day -day running of things and in particularly in franchising sure okay yes so this has been one of the longest kind of uh, points of contention with people who aren't particularly into cryptocurrency is how on earth is something that's so volatile going to ever be used as a genuine mode of transaction value and the kind of cryptocurrency idea is something that won't happen probably seriously for the, for the next 10 to 15 years. Mm. Um, effectively, what we're doing with cryptocurrency is we're in an emerging market. OK, but it's not an emerging market in the same way that banks view emerging markets, um, you know, uh, China, Africa, those kind of developing economies. This is a completely different one in that the entire world is in an, in a, in an emerging market with cryptocurrency because it's something that's never happened or has been around before. Mm. Bitcoin has obviously got the first mover advantage and it is the propaganda machine, I suppose, of mm. the uh, cryptocurrency world, which is why at the moment everyone is, is extremely, um, you know, Bitcoin has become a household name mm. uh, and people know about it, but what they know about it is usually the myths and misconceptions. They know 
that is risky. Mm -hmm. They know that it's you know very volatile. Uh, they know that it's usually associated uh, in the mainstream media with crime syndicates and you know money laundering etc okay but they won't necessarily look into it from an adoption perspective and if you look at it from an adoption perspective you can use cryptocurrency right now to buy pretty much anything you want mm. um utilizing various different payment networks and systems mm. um for Revolute. example Revolute, i think you can do something can't you yes yeah, yeah you can um there are numerous different actually i've got i've got a cryptocurrency card on me um, where you can actually spend it using the normal Visa network, yeah. um, using crypto.com, for example. But yeah, th the world is getting more au fait with using cryptocurrencies, um, but it's still the people who are accepting at the moment are the, the diehard fans who want to amass as much crypto as they possibly can, this side of whatever we are going to experience in terms of a bull market. And if we've been talking six months ago, we would have still been waiting for at the moment things are breaking out and a new cryptocurrency is taking off every single day much like 2017 but this time it's more organic because of the way the world is at the moment with the pandemic money printing basically hyperinflation going on around the world people are a lot more aware and awake this time to the financial risk of holding fiat currency against something like uh cryptocurrency which has all of the properties of a hedge against inflation basically okay so getting back to your question regarding the actual use terms of it there are stable coins for example that are technically cryptocurrencies that are pegged to fiat currencies that you can just go and buy and spend um i myself um am using cryptocurrencies okay it's not in the terms of normal day-to-day -day life but if you're paying for something like an investment uh, structure or paying for something using the ethereum network uh, you have to pay gas fees or you know um, transaction fees basically and they are in ethereum okay so we're slowly starting to see real life basically become a little bit more centered around cryptocurrencies and less centered around fiat currency um, because people want something that is protected against systematic devaluation like fiat currencies are currently yeah. devaluated I mean, the, the, the volatility is a real thing, right? So, I mean, I was, I was sat in a car with, with a guy who, you know, driving, driving through Manhattan and he got a, he got a message from his, from whoever his agent was saying he just lost 250,000 pounds, you know, just in a, whatever happened, you know, with, with, with his, his crypto kind of uh, investments, it always bounces back. Right. So then there's, and I think the problem, the, 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 the problem that, um, you know, crypto has, I think just in the normal practical, you know, everyday kind of, uh, you know, um, you know, communities where people are talking about it is um, a massive misunderstanding as to what it is, how, what it's grounded in. And I think the the grounding of it is probably the, the most difficult thing because you know back in a couple of hundred years ago a thousand years ago you know the the the, the chaps who ran governments knew you know that they're going to link some uh, link it to something solid like gold right and people could weigh it and they could put it in their hand and they could you know bite on it and all of that kind of stuff and you know where where you have that where you have that that's that's um sort of not a very very easy to understand link to a grounding I think that makes it that makes it um, you know really sort of interesting, and I think the other the other thing that um, that is really working against cryptocurrency is, as far as I'm concerned at the moment, is basically the the absolute tsunami of make your millions through crypto, 
um, sort yes. of gurus. Yes, um, I'm very wary of the rags to riches millionaire story that is purported about most investment structures, especially cryptocurrency. The trouble with cryptocurrency is there is an element of truth about it. Mm. Uh, if you had invested 10 grand in Bitcoin uh, in 2011, you would now be a billionaire. Mm. Um, but it's very easy to say that at the time, everyone was thinking, goodness gracious, what is this cryptocurrency? It's not going to have any life in it whatsoever. You're going to lose your 10 grand. Yeah. Every decision it could be a billion for, for five minutes and then, you know, yeah. you back at 14 yeah. quid. Yeah. The next exactly. Or you could have invested in Mt. Gox, for example, which was the very first uh, Bitcoin exchange, which um, ceased to exist as of 2014. Actually, a, a friend of mine still has Bitcoin that he bought um, with that company, and it's now worth about 200 grand or so. Uh, but he hasn't got access to it because the, the company folded. So, yeah, there's all sorts of risks to be aware of. And there are ways of generating really, really good returns with relatively low risk profile, mm. which is what I talk about in my book. Um, but they're not sexy. Um, you know, you have to think through, you have to do your homework, basically. Yeah. Um, the rags to riches story always says, you know, trade five minutes a day. Uh, you'll you know, be set for life in a year, et cetera, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. You can retire on your private island um, whilst you're, you're trading on your laptop, for example. Trust me, I'm in franchising. I get it. There's a lot of guys yeah. doing the same thing in franchising. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Set up your business. It'll work 24-7 on you without you being involved directly. You know, that's the dream. Have an income, have a passive form of income without having to do any work for it. Unfortunately, as everyone who knows in business, that only comes if you've got a stupendous amount of capital behind you and a team that can basically manage themselves. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that takes, you know, five, 10, 20 years of development in order to get there and is, is not, you know, by no means it's an overnight success. Um, yeah. Part of the cryptocurrency story is obviously a lot of people did become quite wealthy with the first wave of Bitcoin and people are very keen to get that back. Okay. Yeah. They will put, you know, 10 grand into a cryptocurrency that no one's really heard of mm. without doing any kind of fundamental anal analysis uh who runs it why does it why does it exist what problems does it solve mm. you know um and um you know what is the amount of traction it's going to have okay this is why we have um situations like the one coin that came around um where people lost a load of, well billions effectively in a cryptocurrency that didn't even really exist um, in terms of technology, but people believed the narrative and thought they were going to get wealthy off the back of it. Uh, I think there was something ridiculous like 15% per week interest, um, which when you do the, the, the numbers behind it, is completely unsustainable. But people don't critically think uh, about these types of investments. Um, they just see the headlines and go, yeah, I want that. I'm you know, really desperate to get hold of that, rather than going, well, let's start from a top-down approach. Where do I want to be? How am I going to get there? And what work is required to do that? So my book kind of sets out how to invest in any cryptocurrency project yeah. by doing the legwork, basically, so that you stand the least chance of losing your money. That's not to say you won't lose any money. Of course, yeah. it's investing. There's always a risk. Just like when you purchase a franchise, there's always a risk um, with any type of investing. But um, there's certain things you can do to minimize the risk to basically be as low as owning a stock or a share in a FTSE 100 or S&P 500 company apart from it won't be one dollar it will be one bitcoin and one bitcoin will be worth thousands of units of fiat currency because it's basically taking up this massive pool of capital which necessitates it has a higher price than what we're used to for a normal currency but we can trade in smaller units of it called satoshi one bitcoin could be divided into 100 billion units 
and each one of those is called a satoshi so effectively one satoshi could equal one cent or one penny mm. um, and bitcoin would necessitate being worth 1.5 to 2 million dollars eventually which is why people are interested in the investment side of it because at the moment you can buy it for comparatively cheap uh, for what it's going to be in the future yeah so look i mean there's, there's a couple of comments just based on what you've said over here right so this this sounds to me in a more modern way you know exactly what would have existed a few hundred years ago right where there was a, a, a there was a, a vault that had gold in and when the first bankers i think you know the, the first guys who were doing transfers you know where, where you don't actually have to physically carry the carry the cash right we were back in the crusader days really between jerusalem and wherever they were going right and the guy on that side would have a vault and the guy on this side would have a vault and technically you've got instant cash on the other side of the world you know um as long as you could get the piece of paper across which i suppose you know in in some ways people would say that's a check but how you just described bitcoin because it is finite you know those guys had a finite number you know pots of whatever it was you know it sounds very very similar to just a very very old method of of you know of banking and that didn't take into account any 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 you know it wasn't drachmas or pounds or whatever it was it was just simply gold i.e yeah. bitcoin yes right and you could have a little piece or you could have a big piece you know so that 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 sort of makes sense to me and the the actual physical representation of it you know as you said it went from gold into paper you know it was probably sticks at some point you know and and now all it is 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 you know i suppose if you think of the old movie matrix you know it's basically just a, a little square thing with digital stuff going on right it's just as a, a method of physically representing it so i completely get that i i totally get that the the bit that i that I, I struggle with is that, you know, effectively a company could create a crypto, uh, a cryptocurrency for themselves. I could, I could launch a uh, Sean crypto tomorrow. Yes. Um, you know, technically there could be miners like my brother with Bitcoin, they went and bought, I don't know, 20 computers and they were mining. I don't even know if you're supposed to, but anyway, um, but it gets back to my old gold analogy too. Um, but you know, the, the, the fact is that, that, what it, what it basically means then is that bitcoin more than anything else its value and and the uh, and the, the relative value of a bitcoin is completely and utterly um tied into its brand yes which which is a dangerous bloody thing you know if yes. you ask me because you know if if a couple of bad eggs within bitcoin um you know people do something or something is uncovered etc um, you know, the brand of Bitcoin can can take a pummeling and 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 one of the other cryptos could become the become the new hero of the story very quickly. Is that right? To a certain extent, it is true. Yes. The largest holder of Bitcoin at the moment is still Satoshi Nakamoto, who hasn't been seen since 2011. Um, he owns over a million Bitcoin and hasn't touched it. And because of the blockchain network, we can verify that he hasn't touched it, which is a unique feature of cryptocurrency um the problem with blockchain is is that it's not you know if you're going to look at the asset that has the most tarnished history in terms of criminal activity you're looking at the dollar um but it doesn't stop people going to the shops and buying their groceries using dollars um you know the whole narrative of it's being used for criminal activity it's being used for illicit activity it's got a branding issue you know why do people buy amazon stock 
why do people buy Google stock? Because they think they're going to make money. Okay. And that's why the whole investment kind of idea is, is, is centered around that. Okay. Amazon has been going up for the last 10, 15, 20 years because it's been kept on growing and growing and growing. People get dividends out of it, et cetera, et cetera. But people, everyone who owns an Amazon stock isn't owning it because it's Amazon. They're owning it because they could sell it in the future for, for a higher price effectively. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same with Bitcoin, same with anything in fact. Okay. Mm. We get paid in pounds or dollars because we know we can go to somewhere else and exchange that for what we want. Yeah. Okay. Same with Bitcoin. The thing with Bitcoin is it's so hyper-focused on the price because everyone's, thinking about it in terms of investment at the moment, because they're being told that if you bought it 10 years ago for cents, you'd now be a millionaire. So everyone goes, ah, right, I'm going to try and buy this asset as cheaply as possible. No one thinks that about dollars or apart from when they go on holiday, perhaps, if you're, if you're traveling, yeah. you go oh, exchange rate because I want more money for my pounds or whatever. But no one really yeah. pays attention to it on a daily basis other than Forex traders. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but currencies move all the time. It's just the Bitcoin so volatile because it's got this narrative of make money quickly. Um, people hyper trade it and therefore it's all over the place. And also it's a relatively, it was a relatively small market capitalization, which means if someone came in a hedge fund or a VC with billions, they could manipulate the price left, mm. right, and center because it's such a small amount of capital that they could you know, flood the market or uh, dry up everything in terms of if they decide to sell everything, that's it. The price will collapse. And that's and that's 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 my, that was my distinct impression when we were speaking to Tim Draper, um, and you know it's, uh, the, the conversations we had after his meetings. He's such a big player in Bitcoin. You know, if he if he were to to even you know start thinking about selling it, it would collapse at all. Um, you know, and and that would that would affect obviously his personal wealth in a in a major way. Um, you know, and I think I think the 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 you know. I, so I spent some time in Tokyo, and we were looking at KYC kind of elements of of uh, of all of this, and that was one of the major concerns. You know, when you're talking about um, security with the banks, you know, obviously with a, a traditional currency, there's a certain amount of know your customer because you know who your customer. You can get a photo, and you can get get all of that going. So I'm just going to try and pull my blind over here, uh, down over here. But um, you know the big the big problem that I found, uh, or that well the big problem that was solved that I I discovered um, was that there's a lot of work going on in the in the you know blockchain space to to effectively identify people right, which um, you know which previously was the problem you couldn't you wouldn't know where that money's coming from it could be blood diamond money it could be it could be anything you know. Um, so I think with the with the um, you know some clever people doing some great stuff with the KYC side of things, um, what that probably will do is 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 like sort out the volatility of things like Bitcoin because uh, the banks will be more likely to adopt and want to control, right? Um, yes. And and when that that sort of happens, I'm guessing what will happen is that more and more, although the the idea with crypto is to to democratize the whole, you know, financial system, um, you know, the minute the banks start getting involved, then I suspect it's going to start looking a lot more like an old traditional currency, um, you know, than than ever before. So maybe the the highs and the lows of of the the cryptocurrency will kind of kind of stabilize quite a lot at that point. What do you think? Yeah, it will inevitably. Um, if it continues to grow, it will inevitably settle at some point. Okay. Right now, it's kind of at $35,000. So if you are going to start investing, it's a serious type of investment if you're going to be buying multiple Bitcoin. Um, 
people also trade it on leverage, which because it's an unregulated market, they're able to access 100 times leverage. Mm -hmm. So if someone's got the risk appetite to match that, you know, with $35,000, you could trade three and a half million dollars, mm. um, you know, effectively very, very easily. Um, all the way up to $35 million if you choose to, to leverage it to the hill, basically. Mm. Um, and that has, as obviously has a massive effect on the market because the, that money doesn't ex exist. It's not there. It's mm. just trading purposes. What will happen is over the course of time is that the volatility will decrease and it will become less attractive to traders and more interested by the you know the the retail side of things so buying and selling in bitcoin you know visa mastercard have just announced higher fees for example with us in the uk mm. um because of brexit okay theoretically if you're a franchise owner you could accept cryptocurrency and undercut visa and mastercard for your merchant services for example yeah um you know and and if volatility was such maybe a stable coin for example you'd actually be getting a better return uh, or lower margins than using traditional fiat currency. Now, the merchant services area is still very much undeveloped, and it, it is a, a you know a rapidly evolving early adopter scheme at the moment. But that's where we're eventually probably going to go towards. Mm. Is uh, you know it's vastly cheaper to send a cryptocurrency transaction than it is to send a fiat currency transaction yeah. uh, for merchant services providers. Um, so yeah, the volatility will decrease over time, and that will mean it becomes more attractive to retail and uh, business owners who mm. want to utilize and adopt cryptocurrency for their businesses. So are the guys in the crypto space, because I was just thinking about another sort of practical application, because often in franchising, what you have is you have a, a, a franchisors and master licensee relationship, which are cross borders, right? So, you know, you, the, the problem that's always kind of existed is always going to be those, those, those um, you know, the, the, the transaction fees. Um, going cross-border, changing currency, etc. So, I mean, you know, I'm guessing that Bitcoin is is something, or at least cryptocurrency, is something that you know both parties can kind of, you know, one can pay, the one the the recipient could leave it there and and play the volatility of that of that currency, and you know, technically, you know, um, even though I'm paying one dollar for my service, you know, the recipient might get ten from it. Um, if they're patient enough, if they've got the if they've got the um, the time to wait for that, because it could be ten or it could be one yeah. over the short term. But it, yes. you know, is that kind of what's what's happening? Yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And that happens in regular markets. If you look at oil companies, for example, usually their most profitable department is their trading of oil um, speculatively rather than actually selling it, um, mm -hmm. because what they're doing is they're you know they've got. A lot of information at their disposal so theoretically if you're paying someone in bitcoin they would have obviously have a, a knowledge of bitcoin and therefore able to trade it and yes they could hedge effectively one thing to look at in particular is things like ripple for example which is a cryptocurrency specifically designed for cross-border payments it's going through a little bit of a mire at the moment with the sec uh, over in the states and that's a, that's a case in point sorry yeah <laughs> everything does <laughs> yeah that's a case in point um for the geographic um nature of cryptocurrency yes the sec have basically banned uh ripple trading in the states but it still exists uh we're still able to trade it over here basically and mm. um, because it's a global asset that's thing yes the price has taken a little bit of a dive because of that um you know fear uncertainty and doubt situation but say for example if you were you know you had franchises in multiple different countries and you know you were using banks to do that whatever currency you traded in you would have to go through bank of america Mm -hmm. uh, because the default currency of the world is dollars yeah. um, and you have to pay fees on top of that etc cetera, etc cetera. 
So we will get to a point where the cost benefit analysis of using cryptocurrency is so extreme against a you know, rapidly declining fee increasing banking sector that there will be a swathe of merchants and businesses switching to global adoption of cryptocurrency as opposed to utilizing the traditional SWIFT banking system, which you know, fees of four or 5% per transaction is just not sustainable, but it was sustainable before because there was theoretically no physical way of exchanging value before cryptocurrencies came along. Yeah, no, that makes that makes complete sense to me. And look, you know, the the the, the reality is is that I think with with the states in particular, it's such a you know it's such an enigma um, in many many ways because you know when I was trying to open up a bank account over there, um, you know, there was only one kind of uh, you know Revolut style bank, and it was called the Bank of the Internet. Um, and when when uh, when they gave me my checkbook, I was like, "What? <laughs> you know, you've just given me a checkbook. I haven't even seen a checkbook for close on 15 years in 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 the UK." So in in some ways, America is so advanced in their thinking. In other in other ways, they are decades behind. You know, even you know places like South Africa, where they you know being able to pay your utility bills and your rent via text message. You know, so um, you know it's really, really interesting, and I, I, I get what you're saying about the about the crypto. I, I keep trying to think of how that how that impacts normal small businesses, um, and and uh, you know, uh, so and and how that sort of actually plays out. Um, and I just keep getting back to the point where I think that that crypto will be so normalized that it'll just be another form of payment. You know, it's yeah. cash, check transfer yeah. crypto yeah and in fact transfer would be you wouldn't even want to know what the back end of it looks like right no as exactly. as you're getting paid what you yeah. what you exactly. what you've asked for yeah like doesn't matter how it yeah. gets there no paypal a classic case in point uh starting to use cryptocurrencies in, in, over in america funny enough mm. and that was one of the big news stories of 2020 was that paypal suddenly decided that it was worth their attention to introduce their 300 million users uh most of which are small businesses uh to cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. um we're effectively at the ms dos stage of cryptocurrency yeah. adoption okay if you look at the development of windows or apple um we're we're effectively at the at the command code level okay it's getting slightly better um with um technologies coming to the fore which allow the put the user first but if you know for the last decade it's been people who are technologically savvy enough to go in and work out how to do things okay and prepared to risk their capital basically yeah. uh, in the process you know when i first sent my when i first sent some cryptocurrency across a network i wasn't sure whether it was going to turn up or not and then it did and it was great mm -hmm. and you get used to that over time but if you're just running a business and you're interested in you know utilizing technology you're not going to want to sit down for three days and work out the no, risks and i just want to get paid or yeah pay. exactly That's it. That will come with time. There's there's um, merchant services uh, companies like Crypto.com Pay, for example, um, who are actively trying to recruit as many businesses into this framework as possible. Mm. And there are some really good incentives at the moment for being an early adopter in this field, um, which makes it quite attractive. But then again, you've got to you know kind of go against the banks and the banks. You know, if you've got a small business, I've been trying to set up a small business um, banking account from my bank uh, for the last nine months but they haven't been doing it because they're inundated with the coronavirus situation. Um, so they have been, you know, you can't actually set up a business bank account, especially if you're going to mention cryptocurrency because banks don't want you to set up a cryptocurrency bank account because they know really between the lines that their, you know, their business model is being fundamentally threatened from the core 
um, and they don't want, you know, I've had problems with banks phoning out my bank saying, yes, I do intend to make this cryptocurrency, uh, you know, transfer. No, I'm not scammed. I'm, I'm being, you know, it's me doing it. At the end of the day, I haven't been contacted by anyone. They're very keen to give the illusion that cryptocurrency is something that is scary, intimidating, risky, yeah. when that's just not the case if you understand what you're doing. But I think I think you know uh, you know I've spoken to a number of people and I know in London in particular there, there's there, there's some guys um, that I've spoken to in the past that are that are heavily involved in the in the you know the closed door projects of the banks you know and where where they are where they are you know the banks are are doing whatever they can to to put doubts in the mind I guess of of um, anyone dealing with any form of crypto. Um, part of it is just a really smart um, strategy because, you know, in reality, you know, they could be, you know, warning everybody about all the dangers, all the dangers. They launch their own and they say, guys, we got it. We sorted it. You're safe as houses again yeah. with crypto, but it's yeah. got to be ours, you know? Yeah. That's the yes. kind of, that's the kind of thing that I think would, would pro probably happen. And also I can, I can kind of see, and I'm not sure when I was when I was chatting to the to the VCs because you know the guys that were talking about crypto, especially on a VC level in in San Francisco, were they were they they came across as a little bit like rabid to me, you know, <laughs> like their mission of 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 decentralizing and democratizing was 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 a little bit like they they scared me a little bit when they were talking about it, um, just because they were that over over eager to to achieve the whole thing. But I can, I can, you know, fundamentally, I can see, you know, the, the governments saying, well, now there's a crypto pound, you know, um, because if they can create, if anyone can create crypto, you know, what's stopping a government from just basically creating a, a, a crypto pound or a crypto dollar, and yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden things start falling back into the old traditional kind of formats. Yeah. I guess that's probably what they're going to angle for. Yes. However, people won't use it. JP Morgan coin. It was recently, well, re announced about two years ago, but it's not available to external parties. It's only available to the in-house users of JP Morgan. With cryptocurrency, there is a narrative about why you go into cryptocurrency, and that is because you're frustrated with the traditional banking sector. Um, you know, you're frustrated with uh, having to uh, having to get authorization to use your card in a certain way. Banks are very cleverly framing it as a risk. If you noticed, all the banking adverts at the moment are about being a friend, uh, you know, being someone to talk to, almost like, almost like a counsellor, but for, for financial reasons. That's because that's the avenue they're going down as being your friendly banker um, who, you, who can help you out, basically. And, you know, I don't know whether you also noticed, but the number of uh, tick boxes you have to do now to do a bank transfer, claiming that you're not being scammed, uh, has gone through the roof because they are trying to be the stair gate i suppose of the financial world um, when in actual fact what's actually needed is for people to wise up and understand why uh why the world works the way it does with cryptocurrency once you have your cryptocurrency you realize that the narrative is no good which means that people won't use a token that isn't decentralized they will look at it and go right well, who's behind this who's 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 running this ah it's x bank okay i'm not going to use that which means it won't grow as quickly as a decentralized asset like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, if you want to use a US dollar backed cryptocurrency. It's all about the decentralization. It's about getting away from, oh, this project could be shut down at any moment because X bank owns it. Okay.
um, like like a stock or share theoretically. Whereas if you wanted to shut down Bitcoin, good luck because it's being run on satellites right now. So if you if you cut the entire electricity grid of the, of the world, Bitcoin would still go would still be processed. Uh, Bitcoin transactions. So there's a resilience that people look for. And the more you get into the narrative of why cryptocurrency needs to exist, the more you understand that if someone were to invent a new cryptocurrency, I have my own cryptocurrency, for example, that I've created. It's not worth anything at the moment because I haven't put anything into it and I haven't started selling it. But you theoretically could. But it's that it's that idea that people have that it has value that is easy to communicate if you explain it and why I reference in my book what actually that does mean. Um, that means that if a competitor were to launch a Bitcoin uh, that's centralized, people would go, no, thank you. I, I'd rather have a decentralized asset and my money trusted on a blockchain as opposed to with a company. Yeah, no, I get that. So, um, you know, I can, I, can, I can feel people asking right now, franchisors, how do I know which one I can trust? Um, you know, uh, is it simply just a matter of, you know, if they pay with, with some form of crypt cryptocurrency, I can check my bank account and my money will be there. Is it is it sim is it as simple as that? Yes, um, it is. You know, and and in that case, you know, is there any risk to? If, well, how would me, how would a franchisor tell the world that they accept crypto as payment? And and uh, you know, is there a specialist gateway? You know, can you do it through WorldPay as an example? Uh, I don't think WorldPay adopts it yet. Um, PayPal will probably be the 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 in the states i believe they're looking to launch elsewhere as well but that will probably be one of the first merchant services that everyone's kind of heard of that will adopt it um visa and mastercard are starting to pick up various cryptocurrency companies who are offering so for example if i had bitcoin i can sell my bitcoin into fiat and then pay it using the debit card effectively um and there are numerous new crypto cards coming on the scene where you can basically spend crypto as if it's normal fiat money um in terms of there's no outright winner at the moment in terms of merchant services um paypal is probably going to be the primary uh default choice for the majority of people who you know know and use paypal and already understand it because they don't have to have a learning curve of using new but yeah effectively the way of using blockchain technology is so transparent because if I've paid you, you know instantaneously whether or not that's happened or not. And if it hasn't happened, you have a way of verifying it. Before, if I send you £100 through the banking system, it might take two or three days to turn up, in which case you've got to wait that two or three days and then chase me for it. Okay, So there is a, there is a level of transparency which we don't have currently. Um, and you know, as soon as that blockchain transaction is on the ledger, you can access that from anywhere in the world and verify that the transaction is taking place. And for that transaction to fail, the laws of physics would have to be broken, basically. That's how cryptographically secure it is. You if that transaction fails, there's something that, else going it's on. Like I, you know, for me, because I don't understand exactly, you've got you've got such a wealth of knowledge, and and you know, you've tested and everything like that. So, like, I just take myself as a as a, a, ran, a random pleb, really, um, you know, and say, well, how does this how does this actually work, and how does this actually, you know, you know, manifest itself? And I think that word manifest is is really important. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting there, and I think, I think, you know, I'm, I'm probably what my dad was, <laughs> you, you know, uh, ages back, and the generations after me are going to be, are going to be much better at uh, understanding all of this. Um, I, something happened yesterday in Clubhouse, which I, I was going to ask you about. So I'm not sure how closely you are um, 
monitoring the the value of crypto or whatever uh, in particular bitcoin but um so um i know that elon musk jumped onto onto uh clubhouse and that caused all kinds of all kinds of things and you know everybody was saying elon is backing bitcoin and you know it was a huge huge thing and then yesterday like a like a like a bolt of lightning through this new social media app there were people all over hosting groups saying have you noticed that elon has taken the bitcoin out of his headline you know um and you know that it scares me if your answer at the moment is that bitcoin's value dropped because of that <laughs> you know yes that scares the hell out of me yeah <laughs> i think that um the situation is that elon's probably going to get done for insider trading at some point in the future because not only has he done bitcoin but he's also done dogecoin and numerous other things including his own company tesla as well um you know he uses twitter you know it wouldn't surprise me if you've got a team of people trading on the back of his twitter feed um but that's that's pure speculation i should add <laughs> um that's what I'm, i would do I'm if i was him he just is south way. african yeah just put it that way that's what i would do if i were him if i could get away with it but anyway yeah it, the situation is um we're very very early stage remember we didn't have the luxury of seeing the early stage stock market because it you know it, that was 100 years ago but if you'd done the same in the stock market you know if you had a paper newspaper for example buy this share buy this you know that's what happens you know if you look at all the kind of boiler room frauds you know wolf of wall street type of thing that's what happens you shill a stock it goes up you sell it out pump and dump it's classic it's old as investing itself um but that will get better the bigger the market is and right now it's a one well it has been a one trillion dollar market okay mm. by the time it gets to three four five you know it'd be like trying to shill gold for example which is extremely difficult to do because it's such a large market okay um you can't push the price up very easily unless you've got a whole load of money or a whole lot of people but at the moment like gamestop for example which recently made the headlines mm. you know loads of people bought the price escalated the shorts were cut out of the market which meant they had to rebuy which meant the price uh, escalated beyond what anyone theoretically could isolate would be likely to happen okay so this market dynamic you can actually watch the sentiment in the markets there's a list of programs that can actually examine the twitter feeds of various people and look for the twitter um, usernames that kind of thing and, and hashtags that kind of thing and can actually build a sentiment of what the popular psychology is around cryptocurrencies which we can use to invest in theoretically and i run a hedge fund which actually does do that um, yeah. among other techniques but that's that scares people at the moment rather than using it as an opportunity they go oh if elon removes his bitcoin logo does that mean that he's bearish on it now no that doesn't just, i just mean couldn't it. believe it when i when i when i saw it that people would even like start groups saying have you noticed elon's removed it yeah. i was just like come on this has got to be there's the you know there's, there's, there's power and then there's stupidity and yeah. you know honestly like if if some dude just changes like his logo or something or puts uh, his headline and that causes panic in the world then you know honestly evolution has not done its job properly no well we're in a narrative world okay everything is driven by narrative i'm quite against narrative driven economic theory yeah uh, you know the price dropped because elon dropped his logo did it who knows maybe some billionaire in you know who wanted to access his liquid funds sold yeah. his bitcoin out and that's why it drops and then people jump on the bandwagon you can never really isolate the reasons why the market moves that's my central kind of ethos yeah you can kind of draw hypotheses and they're never 100 certain or 100 wrong but you can draw hypotheses from that and yeah we're gonna get 
more of these kind of stories uh, that come out and scare or excite people. Two months ago, you couldn't move for positive Bitcoin stories. You know, um, Ray Dalio has just written a piece about his perspective on the markets and Bitcoin in particular, because he's been hounded so much because he's stereotypically been seen as someone who's against Bitcoin, which wasn't technically true, but the media's picked that up because it makes a good story. Okay, <laughs> so I think thinking critically about these things is really important to actually examine why you think you're fearful of cryptocurrency or why you think you can't pick up cryptocurrency or are you being over enthusiastic about cryptocurrency and are you euphoric? We've just seen a euphoric movement for Bitcoin up to $42,000 and now it's back down at 30 when yeah. people thought it was going to go to 50. So examining your thoughts and your psychology, I think, is the most important ethos to come away from this.